Previously on the Chronicles of Lot, we learned that Lot and Abraham split ways over disagreements. Lot settled near Sodom and Gomorrah, while Abraham headed the opposite way to where he built his altar to the Lord. And now we pick up exactly where they left off. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to 2020. Connor, we are here in a new year. It's a new chance for everybody to be happy. Are you happy? So far, yeah. So yeah. far, so good. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Bizarre Bible Bubble. My name is Jerry. My name is Connor. How are you guys doing today? It's a new year, man. It is a new year. Are you excited for 2020? Dude, honestly... I haven't been excited for a new year in a long time, and I'm actually pretty excited for 2020. So, I just want to mention something for our listeners. Uh, Connor recently posted on social media that this year is going to be Connor version 2.0. Oh, yeah. Can you explain to our audience that maybe doesn't follow you? Mm. And if they don't follow you, hey, follow Connor, please. Dude, yeah. If you, so, want, if you want to be bored with me, <laughs> please. <laughs> so, let us know what's Connor 2.0, Connor. Man, I... I'm just going to change for, I know it sounds cliche, but I'm going to change from the inside out, you know? I uh, I got a lot to work on. I got a lot to improve. And, like, I'm just going to face this year. I'm going to think about things from a different perspective than I have before. You know, like, I always used to think, like, oh, man, the struggles in life are just, like, crappy situations and they just get you down. And But instead of that, like, I'm, I'm going to try to think of them less as like obstacles just to get through and think of like how can I grow and learn from these obstacles and like how can I make myself better um just in my life overall like as a person you know in my relationships or at work or um just overall you know I'm just trying to develop into a into an even better version than what I when I am currently and so I don't know man I just feel like it's just like a system it's like a whole system update you know what I'm saying it's like when, when you update your iPhone, yeah. it only gets better. You but know? it's not one of those like in-between updates where it's like, hey, we found some bugs and like we're going to fix these bugs of the new... It's like a brand new this update. Is like a, this is like a It's like a new OS. Yeah, yeah it's like OS, a new yeah. OS, right? So this is Connor OS <clears throat> 2.0. Yeah, it's like OS X or whatever. Is that available in the store? <laughs> no, dude, it's still in beta phase. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I'm happy for you, man. I feel like... 2020 is gonna bring so much good stuff. It's gonna I think be so, our man. Podcast year, definitely oh, yeah. something is gonna happen. Uh, I'm excited to see that. I mean, um, we can't say anything because we don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> we just tell something big's gonna happen. Hey, it's only January 3rd already. Yeah. And there's rumors about World War Three, dude. So I know it's nuts, man. I knew World War Three was gonna happen. It's just like now it's more of a reality that. Dude, it's, it's like I'm nuts. telling I'm telling Trump right now. Hey Trump, let me have kids <laughs> Are you, you tweeting at him? Yeah, I'm like, hey Trump. He's like, dude, I know kids, you're about. I'm, you're tr- I'm trying to get not impeached, not get impeached right now, but I got some important news for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please uh, respond. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, so welcome to the Bizarre Bible Babble. If you, if it's your first time listening, uh, how can we welcome people that are the first time listening, Connor? By just open, welcoming, welcoming you with open arms to yeah. the bizarre Bible babbler family. You yeah, are now babblers. a babbler. Welcome. Yeah, we welcome you. <sighs> this is not a cult. So, we are doing a 
we don't know how many series uh, parts are gonna be these, but these parts. Yeah, we're leaving that series. open to um, interpretation. Yeah, <coughs> uh, we are going through the Chronicles of Lud. Mm -hmm. So if it's your first time, we'll recommend that go listen to part one and part yeah, two. Yeah, please start to, from the beginning. But if you can do it, go listen to the other episodes. They're super fun. Yeah. Um, also, we threw. Yeah. Uh, Christmas special, right? Oh yeah, Christmas special last week. That? Just a little gift to you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's free. just fun. It's just kind of a way for you to get to know me and Jerry, and we're just laid back and talk about Christmas traditions for our families and some of our plans that we had that, uh, in 2019 for Christmas. Isn't it weird that like 2019 was a thing of the past already? Like, I know. that's it's on the crazy. Past. The year is coming gone. Yeah, that book is closed. 2020. So yeah, new chapter of 2020, man. Can I say something real quick? The 2010s are done, Jerry. Yeah, that's true. Can I say something real quick? Of course. So, I know, you know that I like babbling and I, I just like talking about stuff, but in that episode, I felt so weird that we did 45 minutes of just babbling. Not it even, did feel we didn't strange. We talk about anything else. Like, it was just us here sitting down. You were in your element, man. Yeah. You were but, in but the I zone. Weird, you know, like, I miss, because we, in this podcast, we only have, like, what, eight minutes of just babbling, and then the rest is, like, actually knowledge. I feel oh, like yeah. I need that, you know. I feel like I need just to sit down, listen to you as we uh, unpackage this episode, mm. and that's what I need. And I feel like that's kind of what people are also liking about the podcast. Oh, totally. Is that we get right away into the episode. We are not just bubbling around for thirty minutes and then we're like two minutes of knowledge. Of knowledge, you know. Like we actually. I agree. Like to. I agree. So, with that being said. The Bible is weird, so let's talk about it. All right, we're going to kick it off with part three of the Chronicles of Lot, starting 2020 off right for our babbler listeners. Um, we I feel, I feel like we have to do it with the voice, Connor. Not yet. Not They're yet. not ready for that Are yet. we getting ready to that part? Oh, yeah. It's okay. coming. Yeah. Keep I think I did that in the intro. No, that was your regular Sorry. voice. What? I was expecting you to do the, vo the voice, like, <laughs> you know, that deep voice. But then You I was know like, what inspired oh. that voice? There's a show on Netflix called... Um, uh, the Witcher? No, not that one. It's called... Um, it's a DreamWorks show called E Below. Oh, okay. And it's a spinoff of another show from DreamWorks. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, it's kind of got, like, the same characters in it. Mm -hmm. And one of the, you know, Nick Offerman, the actor. No. Oh, he's uh, one of the actors in Parks and Recreation. I never seen that show either. Oh my so. gosh, Jerry! Hey, don't you remember? He when does a lot of stuff with Amy Poehler. Do you oh, know who oh, Amy oh. Poehler is? Nick Offerman, dude. Come on, man. I think so. I think in the beginning of the year, of last year, your wife actually actually gave me this list. Yeah, you probably haven't watched any of them. I haven't seen. Actually, hold on. Let me see. Did she put that one? How on? dare you? No, actually, I've seen the community. Oh, community is good. That's the only show that I've and seen, and that's a good one to start with. Yeah, so that's a really good show. But anyway, Nick Offerman does this really cool. He's got like a really deep voice, you know. Uh, he's got like this epic uh, beard and stuff, and he's got this really deep like, "I'm Nick Offerman." Oh. And that's what you were trying to do. Yeah, I was kind of trying to mimic his voice a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I'm uh, sorry, Connor, but inspiration. I'm sorry. Oh, my hey, name is Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> now it's so. Santa Claus. Oh, stop babbling, Jerry. Gosh, because the main babbling, idea, dude. the the main title of this episode is that you know like God changes Abram's name to Abraham, 
and he changes Sarai's name to Sarah. My and man, that's run. pretty unique, man. I mean, I think it'd be really cool to be able to encounter um, God and have him change your name. That would be a really meaningful uh, experience in your life. That would sort of, I feel like that would really inspire me to change your name. Yeah, just like be better. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, no, I, you're gonna be do you cold. ever have any, well, actually, you kind of have this situation. Where, I changed with, my name? where you changed your name? Kinda. Well, you didn't yeah, change your name, but like you started going by your middle name, right? No, it's not, well. Here's the funny part: like my name is not even Jerry. It's not part of my. No, yeah, like, but it's my birth It's like a nickname, right? Yeah, it's a nickname that was given to me ever since I was a kid, because uh, my real name is Luis Gerardo, and I think Jerry in in Gerardo in English is Jerry in a way, or people call uh, Gerard or Gerardos like Jerry. So my aunt. She would always call me since I was a kid, like Jerry. So when I came to the States, I was like, you know what? I don't like Luis. I don't like Gerardo. Let's just go by Jerry. And I like Jerry. So that's where Jerry came from. Jerry. The Chronicles of Jerry. I don't Jerry. know if he has a meaning, though. It might not. It probably it's probably like, hey, Jerry. No, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, but this, these uh, stretch, the stretch of these two episodes coming up in the next couple weeks are going to be really fun. Um, you know, and as I was dreaming about creating this Chronicles a lot idea um, there were so many chapters in between getting to Sodom and Gomorrah which is like the most famous story of lot um, that everybody's kind of taught in Sunday school and stuff and I was like well what happens in between all that stuff like what leads up to the point of Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. where God decides that he needs to destroy that that area that city um, because everybody's so crazy and, and evil you know and like uh, there's a lot of little details that lead up to that major point in history where God decides that he has to wipe out, again, wipe out, you know, a group of people yeah. for being wicked. And that's kind of this trending theme of like this God of the Old Testament that we see and this God of the New Testament that we have. How do we interpret that? How do we interact with both of those sides of God? Like, who is the real, who is the God that we follow? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's this confusing idea of, like, God is a just and righteous God, a righteous being. Mm -hmm. And then he's also a merciful, gracious, loving God yeah. with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. And, you know, and so it's this weird balance of how do you interpret what the things that he did in the Old Testament to those groups of people and to what's happening now yeah, in I think 2020. For, I it's think, crazy. I think the best way that you can put this is, first of all, we don't need to understand God. We need to trust in him. That's the first thing. Because if we try to understand God, then his plans are like are something else. Like, you know, we don't think the same way as he thinks just because who God is. And I just think that when we learn to trust God, no matter what we are going through, then that's when God starts, like, taking us farther, you know? Yeah. And the second thing is, I feel just because God is, a, is our father too, the same way that a father rewards their child, a father also needs to correct them when they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see here in the Bible, you know, like, we see a, a good father. Mm -hmm. That's what makes God a good father, is that he knows how to love you, but he also knows how to correct you when yeah. we are doing something wrong. You know, at first I was going to push back on you a little bit of not needing to understand God, but I see where you're going with that after you explained it a little bit because 
I do agree with you to an extent. I think we need to know who God is, and yeah. we need to know what He's about, and and how oh, he, yeah. how He acts, and how we should worship Him and respond to Him. So I think that there's that piece of knowing who God is. But I, I do think that you're right. There's a piece of faith that comes in where we have to say, you know what, God, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I'm just gonna have to have trust immense faith in you, and I'm gonna have to trust. Yeah. And you know, you see Abraham struggle with that throughout his his life story, and Lot struggled with that a ton. He struggled with that a lot. Ha ha ha. Because I think, I, I mean, I think moving forward a little bit, and I think it's going to be a spoiler. Oh, but dude, 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 dude. Can I do dude, just a small spoiler? Because right. I think it's... It, it that should be your middle name, dude, not Geraldo. Spo- <laughs> spoiler. Luis, spoiler. Luis, yeah. spoiler. No, but I, I feel like spoiling you. Sorry, spoiler alert, guys, if you haven't read the Bible. But uh, I think when Abraham, you know, he has a promised child, everything that he has worked through this time, and God asked him to sacrifice his son, you know, mm, he doesn't yeah. understand that, mm-hmm. but because he believes in God and he trusts that right. he's a powerful, he's God, mm-hmm. he's doing it. He might not agree with it, but because he's a faithful servant, yeah. he knows, like, he has to do it. It's heartbreaking. So, and he doesn't expect the ending, and that's going to be non, that's not gonna be a spoiler, so I'm going to wait for when we get to that point. But Yeah, and we will, because that's such an intriguing story yeah. of uh, the Old Testament. But anyway, moving into this episode... A lot of that, a lot of those ideas come into play as we read through Genesis chapter 17 when we talk about the covenant um, in which God entrusts to Abraham. Because in the previous chapters, God encounters Abraham and Sarah um, and talks about all these things that he wants to happen and stuff like that. And they, they go through some, God kind of tests them a little bit. And we'll go through what happens in, in fi- chapter 15 and 16 briefly in order to understand exactly what's happening in chapter 17 but the main idea for this episode is that god um continually tested abraham and sarah um and challenged them to patiently wait on his timing to have children because they god had promised them for a while that he was going to bless them abundantly with descendants and now abraham at this point in chapter 17 and 18 um abraham is 100 years old and remember, God had said, you're, you're gonna be, your days are now going to be numbered. Mm-hmm. So people used to live till they were like 500 or 900 or 1,000 years old. And now they're living till they're like 150 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, so your days are numbered. Your days are going to be less. Um, and so Abraham is 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. So she's past the years of giving birth to a newborn kid, a newborn baby. And um, God said, hey, you know, you need to have more faith in me <laughs> yeah. and you need to wait on my timing. And that's the most difficult thing I think for us to do as people. I think there's something about the nature of being a human where there are just certain things that we feel like we have the right to know. Yeah. We need to know when something is going to happen. We need to have some kind of control over the events in our life. Otherwise we just can't follow that, you know, type. We can't follow someone else's timeline for our lives. And, um, Abraham, proves that about humanity that we struggle with submitting to God and following his perfect will and plan for our life. I just think it's it's unique how God asks things from us that he knows it's our weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like mostly everyone, and if somebody tells me that they're not struggling with this, they're probably lying. But I think everybody yeah. struggles with patience at one point. Oh you know? gosh, yeah. Some of them are easier to be patient but some of them at one point everybody is not patient yeah so i feel like god always touches that weakness because he mm. wants to make it a strength you know yeah and yes you're saying you know like uh sarah and abraham 
I mean, they're probably like what? How, how old were so they? So Abraham was, is 100 oh, and yeah. Sarah is 90. 90, yeah. So basically we're talking about in today's like age, we're probably saying that they were like what? 50 years old, 60 years old? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say, but, you know, maybe something around there. I think older, probably. Yeah, pro- probably like that. So let's just say they were, they were old. They were n- people in that age shouldn't have kids mm-hmm. in a way. But God is still told them, you know what? I can do things with you guys because nothing is impossible for me as yep. God. But second, you got to trust in my time, not your time. Exactly. So, yeah. I think that, and that's the hardest thing you do. That's the hardest thing we have to wrap our minds around is... It goes back to what we said in previous episodes about how God works beyond our understanding of time and, you know, space and stuff like that. And God kind of has his own rules that we can't follow because we're not God. Yeah. And I think in a way that I, I feel like I admire this, Connor, from you that you were patient to be to buy a switch. <laughs> and I mean, I, I know. Well, we can, yes and we no. Can, we, can probably, <laughs> we can probably say, hey, like, let's put it into this whole religious world. Like, let's see. Hey, God probably was testing your faith. But in a way, it could be, you know, maybe God was testing your faith and saying hey if you do it right now when you think it's the time it would have been no less worth it than how you got it right now in christmas time you know because yeah. you bought it with christmas money that people gave you exactly so basically you didn't have you didn't have to put money from your pocket yeah stuff like that so what what i'm saying is sometimes if we wait for god's time yes mm. it might be a little longer but it might be more uh it, it will be worth it for us you know not only worth it but i think i think what you're getting at is is it it shows i was looking for the word beneficial That's what I was yeah <laughs> beneficial but i was thinking that at first too and then it dawned on me that it, it's more about i think wisdom over being beneficial oh, i like that because being beneficial is something that we can gain personally yeah. and it's not about something that we can gain personally but it's more about uh letting our faith develop into wisdom mm-hmm. right like true biblical wisdom which means waiting on God's timing, which means being patient, um, which means trusting in God. Amen. You know, and that's what that means when people will say that all the time. People, you know, say it as if it's just some kind of cliche thing now. Oh, oh yeah. trust in God, have faith, and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, that's not a powerful statement anymore because, like, no, people I, throw I it around. Yeah, you know? I do agree with that. And actually, I was just thinking about that yesterday. Because one of my friends actually texted me and she was like, she, she just told me that she was going through something like mm-hmm. so powerful. And I don't know, I just feel like my first response was that, saying, hey, trust in God. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just in this mode when I, whenever somebody tells me something hard that I'm just like, trust in God, trust in God, trust in God. But in a way, I feel like it's true. But as you're saying, it has become this routine where we're saying, just because we know, hey, when something bad is happening, trust God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something I say over and over to my students, and something that I constantly am having to work on because I can be really impatient, really quick about like, yeah. God, I want this, I want this, you know, like I'm almost thirty now. In a couple months, I'll be thirty, you know, and so Happy they're like, birthday to you. okay, they're like, sir, and my mon- my birthday's on a Monday this year, which is kind of a bummer. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we should record an episode on Monday that day. Yeah, on my birthday, yeah, <laughs> I might not be in town. Oh man. Uh I don't know. But anyway, moving forward in the episode, let's go ahead and start reading Genesis chapter 17 before we get too ahead of ourselves. And then I want to kind of explain what chapter um, 15 and 16, uh, just really quick kind of cliff note version of chapter 15 and 16 to help us understand what chapter 17 and 18 are truly trying to say. So uh, chapter 17 is about 27, 28 verses. So it's got a little bit of a a lengthy um, amount of verses to it. So let's go ahead and 
dig right into chapter 17. You ready, Jerry? Oh, Jerry. All right, here we go. I'm reading from the ESV version, which is English Standard Version. Genesis chapter 17, starting at verse 1. Genesis 17, verse 1 says, When Abraham was 90, was 99 years old, uh, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house uh, or brought or bought with your money from an, any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Uh, continuing in verse 15, uh, it says, And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her by, uh, sorry, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may uh, might live before you. God said, No, but your Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my co covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every single male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day. As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. 
That was Genesis chapter 17. Can you read again? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, wow, that was that a was lot really of stuff. How do you feel after reading that, Connor? You know, that's, like that one's pause. got a lot of weird, like, it's one thing to have a covenant, but it's one thing to make a covenant that's a physical marking, yeah. like a representation from your yeah. physical body of like, hey, this is going to set you apart from, like, the other nations. And we'll get into what that means later of, like, um, why he chose that, because there's some kind of debates on sort of why he chose that procedure of circumcision to be the marking of is you know the, the Israel nation the Jewish people essentially yeah because only Jewish people do these guys well God. the thing is like it was Isaac's line and then Ishmael's line who both came from Abraham right yeah but Ishmael came from Hagar yeah because yeah his yeah. maidservant or or Sarah's maidservant and then Isaac comes from Sarah later on yeah because um, Ishmael it's uh the kid that was born because they were impatient. Yeah. And then well, the in, there, we'll get into that because there's some yeah. interesting things that I've that I found, and I thought I initially thought that first thing too, um, but that's what we're gonna get into in chapter 15 and 16 because that's sort of some of the backstory about like who Ishmael is and all that stuff. So, um, getting if you don't mind, I would love to just get into that background. Let me kind of talk about what we feel about about the passage and uh, moving forward because there's some there's some details that we should get into to understand what's going on here. Um, in, in chapter 15, uh, he discusses his covenant okay. with Abram. Let me flip in my Bible real quick. Here we go. Yeah, God's covenant with Abram. So, again, he had already discussed the covenant with Abram. And so, God is having to remind Abraham again because between that time, they had, uh, Abraham had kind of lost faith in God's covenant of bringing a son to him and you know, being a father of many nations um, because he's getting old now. Yeah. And so he's like, God, it's not happening. What the heck is going on? I'm getting up there in years. Like, my wife's past the, the childbearing age, right? Like, she's getting older too, um, you know? And so when, what's going on? When is this happening? And they're about 10 years apart in age. She's 10 years younger than him. Um, and so Genesis 15 is God, you know, bringing that covenant to Abraham again uh, for the first time. Uh, 15 one says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am uh, your very great reward, saying that, hey, you're going to prosper if, and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect your family and protect your family name. I'm good. My, my word is my bond kind of thing. Like, if I make a promise to you, it's going to come through. It's going to happen. Uh, Genesis 15.5 uh, is God's promise about Abram's offering, offspring. It says, look at the sky and count the stars. Have you ever tried counting stars before? Yes, I try. Like I lose, I lose interest after counting like fifteen. <laughs> Dude, you go far. I go. Far I'm like, yeah, like most people make it to like ten, right, yeah. or even less, maybe. Or do you count Santu? <laughs> well, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, that's hard, dude. That's yeah. a lot. That's even harder. Yeah, like some people say, like count the grains of sand or the number of hairs on your and head, that's right? That's how much I love you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cheesy. Come on, bro. So it says, look up at the sky and count the stars, if you indeed can count them. Then he said to them, so shall it be, or so shall your offspring be. So he's making that promise in 15, which happens before 17, obviously, chronologically, that he is going to fulfill his promise made even before that, that he is going to bless Abraham and bring many nations from his family line, you know? Um, and so he, he's just constantly having to be reminded of who God is. Exactly, yeah. And I think we constantly, even in 2020, have to be reminded of who God is because I think a lot of us, the problem with with us in 2020 is that we don't do our 
historical context and background check of like who is God what are his promises what has Jesus promised to me but here's what I want to ask you Connor and is it okay to be reminded constantly who God is I think that I think we I think yes and no I think that we need to get better at that I think that we it's okay to be reminded and that's kind of like you know in, in the way that like religion has been structured yeah I think that it has been structured and blessed by God in a way where we can be reminded regularly hey these are the promises of God these are this is what God has in store for us as his people not necessarily for you individually right not necessarily like a prophecy over Jerry's life but like this is what God has for you his people yeah right for for Israel quote unquote right for his the followers of Christ for those who will inherit his kingdom exactly yeah. right which is one of the promises that Jesus gives us in the New Testament um, but in moving moving along in, in Genesis 16 it starts to get a little rocky right so this is when Sarai um, allows her servant Hagar to sleep with Abram to bear a, a child right so they're gonna um, yeah so like the craziest thing about this Jerry when you said earlier that like they had gotten impatient which is true and they had used Hagar to, to have a baby because Hagar's younger and, you know, she was in her childbearing years and stuff like that. And Hagar didn't want to do it. She was like, she didn't want to go through with it at first. I don't know if you remember that, but mm-hmm. in chapter 16, um, it says that she, she, wasn't, she wasn't up for that. She didn't want to do that. She didn't feel like that was right. Um, and so, you know, Hagar was a servant. She was a maidservant of Sarah. She was kind of like her right-hand servant, right? Like her top servant. And um, so she was like, oh, Hagar is of age to bear a child. I will let Abraham sleep with Hagar, and then we will have a child. And, and they, she runs away because she's like, I don't want to go through with this. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like it's honoring God, and I don't want God to get mad at me for doing this and, and sinning, essentially. So she runs off, and then God encounters her. And um, as she's basically running away from Abraham and, and Sarai, Sarah, whatever, um, He's like, hey, I want you to go through with this. I will bless this. If you go through with this and bear a son, um, I will know that it's not, I won't blame you. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's okay. Don't don't feel guilty or ashamed. I will bless this and but, honor this and allow it to happen. Yeah, but God still had a purpose for that child, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's why he's allowing this because, like, the, the purpose, this had to happen, you know? Exactly. This had to happen I totally for agree. him to, yeah. No, you're right on. And I think that that's the point there is that it's not that it was necessary. I mean, it wasn't right because she's not Abraham's wife. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it was kind of wrong. Um, I mean, it was wrong. It basically was wrong. Um, and so, which is so odd because, you know, from like a sin standpoint, it feels like that's wrong, right? It, it, it's she, He's having sex with a woman outside of his marriage. But maybe it's a cultural thing, you know? Maybe it's like, hey, she's she's not part of the... I don't know. It's just strange. Like, I just think that that for us, because we live in 2020, it's weird because we see how we've grown up with all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like for them, as you're saying, it's a cultural thing because we read that people used to have even like seven wives, uh, 14 wives. So I think back then it was different. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a mystery to me. Like, that's where I'm like... I think for some of the, it's a situational thing. 
And I think that's maybe how we can approach it is that I'm not saying that now in 2020 that we can we can't have multiple wives and stuff like that. We're not condoning that, like especially because the law of the land in America is that you know we can't have more than one wife. Oh come on! I was trying to have four. Well, yeah, you maybe move to Canada or something. I don't know. I don't. The way that is the way that everything is going. I'm planning to move to Canada. (laughs) Yeah, America's not doing so hot right now anymore. Um, Or Mars. Ooh, dude. Just think about that. That that would be a fun episode to do. Episode on Mars. Yeah. Um, Anyway, all I'd say, like, so in in 16, um, Sarah allows Hagar to sleep with her husband Abraham, and then they have a baby, and that baby's name is Ishmael, and she, of course, is not okay with this. But then God intervenes and encounters, has an encounter with with Hagar. Says, "Hey, it's okay. Go ahead and go through with this. I will bless you. I will bless Ishmael." I will protect you guys. I'll take care of you guys. Don't worry. I got your back. Um, in fact, I want to read that passage in, in Genesis 6. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. It says, Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Um, so it's just interesting to me that that like God allowed this thing to happen. And he said, It's okay. Move forward with it. Abraham might be doing a not so great thing and Sarah may be doing a not so great thing by trying to pressure her into do it um, but but just go ahead and go through with it um, and it, it to me that shows that God is in control even in a messy situation even in a situation that that's hard that makes us uncomfortable mm-hmm. we have to understand that God is always in control yeah as difficult as the situation may be and I don't want to downplay anything right anything you may be going through I'm not trying to say that what you're going through is not hard or difficult um, it is yeah. but it's hard and or difficult for a purpose yeah. and and God God designs he doesn't design hurt and pain but he like he allows these things to happen you know the best the best way that I can reasons. put this always and I think this always that uh, this like in a way a comfort when I'm going through a hard situation is Job. You know, oh, yeah. like if we go previously in the first chapters when God is having a conversation with the enemy, mm-hmm. he's allowing the enemy to mess oh, with yeah. his life because he knows how strong Job is. Right. So I think sometimes God is allowing our circumstances because he wants to show that even when we don't feel strong, mm-hmm. we are strong in our faith to trust in God. Yeah. And sometimes, hey, we, we might not be as strong, but that could be another purpose to strengthen our faith, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. That, and that's like, you know, going back to like how I was talking about the dumb like Connor 2.0 tweet that I tweeted out a, wa- a couple days ago, maybe yesterday or something. I So like that's one of the part of the thing for me that could be the biggest struggle is I can let um, like – a situation if it's a bad situation i can it's so easy for me to just think about the negative right yeah. be like mm-hmm. oh this this sucks because of x y and z and you know it's gonna be so hard to overcome this and you know it brings me down and stuff and so you know as part of my growth pattern and building my faith like one thing i want to work on is like how to push past that and yeah. and not just see it as obstacles of getting through it and something that's going to make me you know bummed out or discouraged but something that's gonna grow me and challenge me and make and in the end make me a better person you know emily always brings this up that god wants to refine us right oh yeah definitely you know like like when you when you put something through fire it 
it's gonna be harmful and for that thing that you're putting through in the yeah. fire. Like when you're when you're making a sword or you're making anything with metal, like you have to use fire that's extremely hot in order to shape and mold the metal into a specific shape and design. And so you put it in the fire, you're you're burning it, you're melting it, and then you're hammering it down exactly, yeah. into shape. And that's kind of what God does to us. He like puts us in the fire, puts us through the trials, puts us in those things to, to mold us, to shape us into the the design that he wants us to be. And these, that ta- it's going to take some pounding. That's going to take some hot, heated moments in your life that are going to be tough, that are going to burn. I think but in the th- end, it's going to be something beautiful. I think the sooner that we realize that the work won't end until we're with Christ, because even the Bible says, he who began the good work in me will finish it until the day of. Uh, I don't know how it continues, but I just know that the main verse says, um, he who began the good work in me will perfection or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, let me find it real quick. As yeah, as go ahead and find it. But um, I like where you're going with that. I think I, I've, I recognize that verse. Yeah, and I think it's just basically saying like, um, we need to understand that as long as we're on this earth, mm-hmm. we will go through trials. We will go through oh, obstacles. Absolutely. Because God is making, as you're saying, as you were gave that perfect example that I always love and I always understand. And it makes, as long as we understand that process, uh-huh. I think we will make the pain a little less. But uh, yeah. let me just find it real quick because I want to read it to you guys. Yeah, and, and one thing I always want to overemphasize is... Um, I don't. I don't want to you to get the sense that we're saying that we're not. We're not preaching like what's called prosperity gospel, oh yeah, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. where it's like you know God will bless you and He's going to make you rich and your life's only going to be good if you're faithful to Him. And we're not trying to say that. What we're trying to say is, in the difficult moment, like you can find there's comfort. a purpose and a reason for the difficult moments that we all face. Um, and if you think about every quest of an epic hero. They all have to face oh, missions yeah. and trials and hurdles to jump over to become that epic hero. So I just want to mention real quick, it's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Nice. It says, being confident of this, mm-hmm. that he who began a good work in you will yeah. continue to perfect until the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And continue to perfect it, yeah. Yeah, perfect it, yes. For sure. Um, and just kind of going back to what you were saying previously, I think that's something that I was talking to my parents on New Year's because we were doing this vigil, praying about it, mm. and just talking about how our 2019 was super hard. Yeah. And I was just, I think God kind of like gave me wisdom to share this. And I told them that, you know, the perfect example of how sometimes our dreams cannot be as we expect them is Joseph, you know? Mm. Joseph had a promise and a dream from God. Yeah. But that, to get to that dream, he had to go through a hard process. Oh, yeah. You know? And I just think that even if we are on this hole like literally hole you know joseph went to a hole then he was sold into slavery then yeah. he was uh he was sold lied. in slavery by his family yeah and that's what that's what i'm saying like process is part of the full story but it's not yeah. the full story you know right and i think that's something that stephen Fordick says multiple times mm. and that's something that i really agree with him is uh what what you're going through right now is not the full movie but it's a right. scene of the, of the movie you know absolutely so absolutely yeah. and I, and the cool thing about our story is that once we become a follower of Jesus our story is not finished until 
we're with Jesus again in heaven. That's when I feel like our story can finally, we can kind of finally write the final chapter of our story is that we're at peace in heaven with Jesus and our friends and family. So anyway, moving right along, we're rambling a lot today. We're babbling a lot, friends. Hey, hey, this is a good episode, Connor. Thank you. We're only like at 40 minutes, so that's fine. Only 40. Um, We got a lot of awesome important material to cover in chapter 17 i hope those those overviews of 15 and 16 really helped you guys to get some contextual uh geographical landscape of what's going on in um this area of genesis but chapter 17 one of the one of the the names of god that i love and hear a lot is the name god almighty um and the hebrew word for god almighty is el shaddai s-h-a-d-d-i uh, A-I. S-H-A-D-D-A-I. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El, El Shaddai. Shaddai. Have you um, heard that song before? No, I there's haven't. That's a thing. Song. I don't know if it's... Oh, that sp- doesn't surprise me I at all. I've heard the Spanish version. Oh, yeah. But there's actually a song about that. Nice, dude. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll post that on Instagram or something. <laughs> um, but it, it has two somewhat like controversial meanings to that characteristic and, and name of God. Um, one of them is L of the field, um, which is essentially like Lord of the field. Okay. Or, uh, the, no- the other one is, is Lord of the mountain. So now obviously a field and a mountain are two very different things, right? A field is like a flat horizontal view and a mountain is something that rises up to, you know, a peak to a top. You have to go up. Yeah, you have to go up, and then for, like, a, a field or a valley, like, it's a valley. And even geographically, like, mountains are usually on the edge of a valley. So, like, yeah. we live in the Chino Valley in Southern California, and, like, um, the Chino Valley is surrounded by, like, this mountain range, right? Or, like, hills and stuff. Um, and so the valley is, like, what's in between mountains. mountains, right? Or a field is typically, like, where you'll see... Uh, Farms and stuff like that. It's where you grow things, where you grow crops and grass. And Nothing to be excited about because it's smell, but sure, yeah. But anyway, like so, those are two contrasting definitions of each other uh, that are both linked to the phrase and the name God Almighty. I just thought that was interesting um, because that is the name that they chose to use here um, in this chapter of chapter 17 because it's talking about the power and um, reminding the promise and faithfulness of God, uh, how he has power, how he has um, the omniscience and omnipotence to be able to make something like this happen. In Genesis 17:5, he says, he's, that's where he makes the big shift. It says, your name will be Abraham. Now, Abraham means the father uh, of many nations. Uh, Abram meant, which is Abraham's old name, uh, the father is exalted, and now his new name, Abraham, is the father of many nations. So God changed Abraham's you know, he changed Abram's name to Abraham to have that constant reminder of, dude, my promise is happening. Like, you are going to be a father of many nations. If I have to change your name so that you literally remember this every single hour of every single day, then that's what I have to do to get it through your thick skull. Like, it is happening. I am your God. Listen to this prophecy or it's going to end badly, right? Like, yeah. dude, come on. I think it's Figure beautiful. it out. I think it's beautiful how God changes his name, as you're saying, 
to keep a constant reminder of hey he will accomplish his promise that he has made me so just by saying every single day hey abraham that's a reminder hey yep. god will fulfill the promise that he made to you so absolutely and really quickly looking at a few names uh in scripture that were changed you know abram was changed to abraham Sarai was changed to Sarah, Saul was changed to Paul, Simon was changed to Cephas, which means Peter, and then Jacob is changed to Israel. Um, and so, like, why were people's names changed? What was the importance of that? And in this biblical commentary that I have, the Zondervan biblical commentary, it says that um, personal names in the ancient world provided much more than um, a moniker. Sometimes they preserved recognition of a distinguishing characteristic or reflected circumstances at the time of a person's birth. Often they made statements about deity, um, and the names generally offered information at some level about the person's identity and a variety of ways were uh, believed to be intertwined with a person's identity. So like, all that to say, like names, in, especially in the ancient culture, had a lot of symbolic value to that person. Oftentimes last names were um, linked to like what people like the craft that people did and like their jobs and like what they did in life um while uh like their first names usually were so like their first names would typically point out uh something special yeah something specific and so changing that person's name was erasing that old identity and then putting on a new identity for that purpose person and that's what god did as you said earlier jerry about like how the new name Abraham is now reminding Abram um, that God's promise is going to come true, that he's going to father many nations through his family line. So I guess we got to change our names, Connor. We got to change our names. That was one of my questions in the beginning, but we skipped over, so that's fine. Now we get to talk about the fun part, Jerry. Are you ready? No. Jerry's not ready. I don't think you're ready. This is the weird. This is where it gets weird. And if I'm you're... Wait, hold on, hold on. Am I allowed to be doing this part? Well, well so let, let, let me explain. Let me explain. So, there's a bit of a disclaimer for this next part, friends. Jerry, we may want to put, like, explicit content or whatever on the side of this episode. If you are a minor under 18 and you don't understand what the term circumcision is, it's probably best to ask your parents rather than to, like, Google it. Yeah, don't ask us. you might get some weird stuff if you Google it because Google's messed up. Um, but, essentially, circumcision was a... It was a modern, I guess, medical and cultural practice that happened in the ancient world, and it mm -hmm. still happens today. Yeah. Um, thought to be a health benefit for males where you would cut off the foreskin um, of somebody's penis. And so, yeah, it's weird, and I don't, like, they thought it was a medical benefit, and it's funny because, like, studies are showing that that wasn't so much of a medical benefit as they thought it was, and God kind of used that cultural thing to make it a symbolic thing because in the culture that was something that many different groups of people and different nations actually practiced it was a modern custom that happened in like egypt and assyria um and you know major countries and nations um and so it was happening all around the world at that point and it wasn't necessarily that doing the act of circumcision was something new and something um that god invented but it was the, the the unique thing that God wanted Abraham to do it with his family is he wanted them to do it like at birth at a certain age whereas the world would would have them do it at an older age 
Um, and so God wanted Abraham and his people to perform the circumcision at a younger, much younger age when, you know, the, the baby was born. Um, just to further capitalize on um, those physical, like the physical showing of like um, that you are a follower of God. Because a lot, what a lot of people would do back in the ancient world is they would do tribal tattoos and stuff like that. So they would have tattoos and markings or actually like straight up knife cuts in Ooh, their yeah. bodies that would heal over and stuff like that. Like a tattoo without ink essentially, right? Yeah. And just put scars or branding like, uh, you know, fire burning branding marks on their body that would symbolize, hey, I, w I follow this God. I w I'm a part of this cult or I am a slave and I'm owned by this person. If you see if I run away or whatever, return me to return him to that person. So um, the, he, God didn't want tattoos and that kind of thing to symbolize that they're following God. Um, but instead he chose to use the practice of circumcision to physically show that we were uh, followers of God. Again, is that painful? <laughs> okay, we're moving on. But again, this follows along the theme of identity. Identity is a huge theme in this chapter. The identity of somebody's name. Abraham and Sarah's name were changed. And that created a new identity for them personally to follow God more. And then God also chose another physical representation for Abraham and Sarah to use for their family and their descendants forever and ever. He said, uh, what was the word that he, he, he basically used a word uh, everlasting is what is he used, the word that he used in the ESV version. Um, he wanted those markings of circumcision to be something that happened for generations and generations to come through the line of Abraham. So both through Isaac and Ishmael. He did it to Ishmael as well, who was 13. Um, and Isaac performed it on himself, who was 99, which, that to, would be to answer your question, Jerry, yeah, that would be it's, it's painful. <laughs> You're cutting Ouch. skin off your body Ouch. in a very sensitive area. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, it's, it's a weird practice, but God chose that for some reason um, to show to, as an identity physical identifying marker of the fact that you're a follower of Christ or God I guess here's my question Connor. Oh you my. at this age being almost 30 yeah if God tells you right now let's be circumcised will you do it because I think that's, that's kind of what Abraham went right to. like he was old like he was old enough to say hey yeah I know like how to decide either no, yes or no so it would be really hard it would be like that would take a lot of willpower to be like hey god like i'm gonna trust you man like <laughs> i mean if you it's gonna be terrible children like i mean in a way well, if you're 13 if you're ishmael age it's gonna hurt <laughs> right no. like so, yeah he's old enough but if you're when you're a baby like you don't remember like it doesn't you don't remember at all i mean right? it's gonna hurt you but you're gonna cry it'll but hurt and you won't yeah it yeah yeah but like it won't you won't remember it and so there's why even medical practices today who who perform circumcision on babies like they do it at that at that age like because um even though it's a traumatizing experience for for males like it uh and it's a defining experience for males like it it you won't remember that pain yeah exactly. because it was so long ago yeah that and and your your body isn't like your mind isn't developed to remember that kind of stuff so anyway you could just yeah just thinking about yeah let's move on because this is too much pain um yeah <laughs> So really quickly in Genesis 17, 
uh, 19 is when he starts talking about the idea of Sarah bearing a son. It says, your wife Sarah will bear a son. Um, Abraham literally, l Abraham laughed in God's face. And Sarah laughed in response to that too. But Abraham was like, dude, I'm 100 and my wife is 90. Like, you think that that's going to happen? And then Sarah laughs at that idea earlier on in previous chapters and stuff like that. So the funniest part about all this is as they're literally laughing in response to God's plan for them, they're just like, what? They're like scoffing. They're like scoffing. They're laughing. They're not believing God. Um, God chooses to name their first son Isaac, which means he laughs. So is that kind of ironic? Yeah. The meaning of Isaac from he according laughs. to BibleGateway.com is he laughs. Uh-huh. And then this moment when Isaac is prophesied to be born and is born, it starts kind of this saga um, between Ishmael and Isaac. Um, and that would be something really interesting to cover maybe in the future, but there's a few differences, a few key differences here. Ishmael was at least 13 years old, probably more like 14 or 15 when Isaac was born. Um, so he was already, you know, a teenager when he was born and in those days he was viewed as an, more of a, an adult over a teenage they didn't really have teenage years like we do in 2020 weren't they supposed I think back in the day you became an adult much 13. earlier maybe 13 each each nation had like a different custom yeah because I think uh, I think when Jesus entered the temple when he was 13 years old he was considered an adult already maybe uh, you could be right I just I don't I haven't done yeah, much we, research we on that yeah. on the process of like because like they have each culture has a like a rite of passage you know, yeah, know kind of thing where it's like when you're this age you perform this task of like go in the woods and you know survive for five days and then come back and go you're to see a man or, and you'll find it. sure yeah like go go I don't know go pray on the mountaintop or whatever and God will speak to you like something like so that so if you ever make a cult Connor is that gonna be a rule to initiate in your cult like you gotta go find Bigfoot in the woods if you oh yeah him, if you don't find Bigfoot you can't join so nobody picks or it didn't happen <laughs> But um, really quick, there's a few key, um, I guess, characteristics between Ishmael and Isaac that I want to point out. Um, just two of them. The first one is uh, that Isaac was obviously born first. He came from Hagar, not from Sarah, but he was also, he came from Abraham. So both Ishmael and Isaac came from a Abraham, but Ishmael came from Hagar and Isaac came from Sarah. Um, from both Ishmael and Isaac, uh, there were essentially 12 tribes that came from these two these two descendants um ishmael his 12 tribes mostly resided in the areas of egypt and assyria um not to say that he his tribes created egypt and assyria those nations were already established um but his tribes decided to live and reside around egypt and assyria in that kind of area and then isaac was born supernaturally i always forget about this um you know Jesus was born supernaturally through Mary. Yeah. And Isaac was born supernaturally through uh, Sarah, um, which is really cool and unique. And he was, so he was born supernaturally through the power of God and Sarah. So um, technically still part of Abram's family line because Sarah is Abraham's wife. And then uh, the Jewish people tend to claim to be descendants from Isaac. So they, they claim to be descendants of Isaac and Abraham. Um, rather than Ishmael and Hagar. 
Um, and we see these two kind of like family lines of Ishmael and Isaac. Not necessarily feud feud, but it gets complicated is the best way to say it. Like if you're on Who's Facebook. Family? It's not complicated. Please, <laughs> come on. That's but imagine like you're Ishmael and Isaac and you got a minimum of 12 tribes underneath you, right? It's a club, dude. <laughs> I'm part of the Team Ishmael, Team yeah. Isaac. <laughs> you know, they, they probably created their own World Cup. Oh, oh yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, hey, Maybe. Are you team? That'd be kind of fun. Like how the Romans did with like the gladiators yeah. and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Actually, the Olympics has been something that's been going around since like Roman times. Shout out to Tokyo. We're going to the Olympics oh 2020. God. Are you going to be? Going Jerry's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm going to be watching. I love the Olympics. Dude, the Olympics are fun. Do you like the Winter Olympics or the Summer Olympics? The Summer Olympics, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, I like both. I mean, I'm I like a both. huge sports fan. I like the Summer Olympics more, I think, too. Do you like the Summer ones? Yeah, I like them. What do you watch? I like usually watch sports? mostly... So, okay, I'll mostly watch, like, some of the track and field events. Okay. So, like, the sprints and stuff like that. And I the watch hurdles. And two things. What do you watch? Gymnastics. Nice. And swimming. Oh, swimming's fun. Yeah. Or, like, water polo. Yeah. Michael Phelps, dude. Michael Phelps, dude. That guy's a fish, man. That yep. guy's literally Aquaman on Earth. Dude. He is. He is. Um. All right. Well, that that's most of what I have to kind of transition. In the next episode, we're going to be uh, talking about the three uh, visitors that um, Abraham encounters. And it happens in the Bible. Chronologically, it happens right before... Sodom and Gomorrah and so I thought this was important enough for us to talk about before we talked about Sodom and Gomorrah in the episode after that because um, so, hold, on, hold on just to kind of explain to people this is part three. Oh yeah this episode is part four uh, no this is technically part three yeah oh yeah 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 and then it's gonna be part four you're right you're right which is episode 10 and then episode 11 which will be Sodom and Gomorrah right yeah part five which is part five cool yep so um, we're going to be talking about the three visitors and they have some really crazy stuff happen. Um, not in that passage, but just later on after that passage in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and you know, this, this chronicle is called the Chronicles of Abraham Narnia. and Lot or Abram and Lot. Or Chronicles no, Narnia, not dude. Chronicles of Narnia, Jerry. That's copyrighted. <laughs> you confused me because we were, I you know, were watching we were, we were. Um, okay, cool. But anyway, Lot kind of becomes forgotten in a way, right? Is that safe to say? Like, yeah. uh, it's kind of sad. Like, we see that Abraham becomes so involved as a pinnacle part of God's story for his people. And then Lot just kind of gets th tossed to the side a little bit. So he doesn't have as big of a role in developing God's people. So the same way that Lot is forgotten, should we forgot, uh, for, forget him and be like the Chronicles <laughs> of Abraham? Abraham? Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we'll. Or should we keep into. his name alive and be like the Chronicles <laughs> of Lot? <laughs> In memory of Lot, yeah, Rip Lot. Twenty twenty. Um, anyway, one of the things I want to start doing for these future episodes is doing a hook, line, and sinker, and I'm not necessarily doing this in a specific way, but I, just kind of like three things for us to remember. What's the hook? So the hook for this episode is that God wants to change your story and your identity and draw you closer to him. What's the line? So the line is that we are like Abraham and Sarah, 
God always reminds us of his faithfulness, and still we doubt him. And what's the sinker? The sinker is the idea of legacy. How do you want to be remembered? Drop the mic. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to episode 9. We hope you're ready for 2020. We have so much content for you guys. If you like this episode, make sure you like it. Make sure you comment anything below. Tell make sure you subscribe to our channel, our episode, our podcast, whatever. Uh, anything you want to add, Connor? Or should we just say bye-bye? Remember, Jerry, if you guys are listening and you're bizarre, we love you. We're here. If you're a bubbler, you're a bubbler. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one because the Bible is weird. So let's talk about it.